Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave, and welcome back to The Love of Mark Rylance, where we talk about Mark Rylance <laughs> films only and the occasional bullshit that Marvel puts out. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> I know. You teased it last week when we had our, our guest host Matt on. Uh, people, we are The Love of Cinema. Dave was making a joke. We're The Love of Cinema podcast. A podcast in which we challenge one another, challenge one another to be positive. I, I forget what our intro is supposed to be, but we keep it positive. Anything negative that we say about this film, or really about anything at all, you're going to hear the buzz again. That, that buzz means that we said something negative, and we need to take a drink. And you know what? We hope you drink along with us. So pour yourselves a glass, and we're going to talk about a movie that poses the question: What if Judy Robinson did bath salts? And uh, does, the, does the shot count? I just, <laughs> does the shot count I, as a drink? That was our, that was our uh, yeah, I guess it does. That was our customary pre-show shot where, because we try to keep it positive, we try to get a little bit in us to, to get us loose. We do not have our co-host, John. He is finding himself in college yet again, this time with a documentary filmmaker. Or is that him that's a documentary? It doesn't matter. He's out there he's, he's somewhere, somewhere knee deep in something. He's somewhere locked in a room with a ball gag. <laughs> It just, yeah. <laughs> People, we're going to be talking about Bones and All. Of course, the new Luca Guadagnino movie that Timothy Chalamet really sunk his teeth into. I'm, I'm doing that to you. Ah, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> we, should, we should clarify. We should That's clarify right. the, the content of the movie, really, if we're going to make yeah, these jokes. It's a cannibal movie. It's a cannibal, cannibal movie. movie. Starring uh, maybe the most famous movie star in the world right now, not named Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, or George Clooney. All right. So we're going to get to Bones and All in a second. Luca Guadagnino's movie just came out. His first movie shot and filmed in America, of course. Mm. But I'm going to shout out our sponsors. We got Carlos Barozzo, um gave us some beer in 2020, and we really love him for that. So go ahead and check out his handle and see all the things that he's up to in the link tree that Dave set up for us. Love um, those black lead bottles. The, mm. Yeah, I love it. I saw some in my dad's fridge the other day, and I went, Dad, you're not drinking enough. Um, and then our music, Dasein, the artist known as Dasein, is killing it in Spotify, especially ambient playlists. <laughs> He's been posting a lot, but go yeah. into our feed. Dave set up this link tree. Find us, like us, subscribe. We haven't had a review in a while, but the you know people are hearing us and people are liking us, I think, or not. Let us know. It would be really, really great for us and the show. Um, yeah, talk to us. Like to talk drink, to us, people. We, we like to drink beer and talk about movies. And of course, we're going to stay spoiler free for a couple minutes. And at the end of the episode, we'll give you our recommendations of the week, what we've been watching. It is the end of November 2020, so things are starting to heat up. We got good TV. Dave, I already know one thing you watched because you started sharing it on the I started Instagram. shouting it from the rooftops. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. You have to tease that soon. Um, we always like to get through our gripes of the week here before we dive into our discussion of Bones and All. Is there anything before you want to gripe? Any other thing you want to talk just, about just before a, we get into just it? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I got a, I got a, proper, a fairly, proper fairly quick one. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll right, see. So let's see if the gripe button works on this on this scene. It does. Okay, so I booked my ticket for Bones and All, and I'm off to the AMC. And another AMC story. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> fucking nightmare. It was man. AMC Laser, which I don't know if there's a premium price attached to that. I'm an A-list. I don't know, but I'm I'm sure they've managed to figure out a way, like Prime, where you you know you just get comfy seats uh, to charge more for this. And I'm sitting there, and in the top left corner of my screen is this bright green fucking dead pixel. 
on the LCD panel. And I went away and I had to look up how laser projectors work because I thought they, they shot the lasers through a prism and that was how you got the image. But no, it turns out it pushes through an, L, an LCD panel. But I'm sorry, if, I, if I'm paying extra for laser, I, again, I don't know if I am or not, but if, if you're like delivering a product and it's got a bright green fucking pixel in the top left corner of the film that's very distracting, fix your shit. Okay, we kind of got it down to the wire, but <laughs> just for good measure there. So you're saying there was a green dot yeah. on your screen? It happens to uh, it happens to LCD panels uh, and camera panels as well. Like they'll do it. Like it, red cameras used to be really notorious for it. So notorious they made a, a dot remover plugin for like, because it shows up as just it'll show up as like a white, a red, or a green pixel usually. Jesus. Mm. Is this anything like what's going on with the World Cup? Because the World Cup, everybody's having grainy image issues. No, I don't know if Qatar... That's, that's something else. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they I mean, obviously, sure they obviously didn't but... bribe the internet companies for enough bandwidth. Mm. I actually... It's one person they didn't bribe. I, I actually want to... <laughs> I actually want to gush you because you're fucking right. And I love all the protests that are going on for all the right reasons. All right. Gripe of the week and then bones of all. Pass it on. Let's do it. You're on. Okay, so all HBO and Disney Plus specifically. I I, play, I griped recently about Netflix. An episode ends and immediately starts the next one. And if you want to rewind, it sucks. You need to go back to the beginning and it changes the controls and it sucks. With Disney Plus and HBO, we know that their credits are like 10 minutes long. Why is it that they can't figure out when I'm done watching something? So I, I will, it'll get to the credits and I'll be like, okay, I want to go back to the main screen. And it'll say, continue watching, seven minutes left. And I'll be like, fuck, I, I want to clear my feed. I want to get it out of there. So I click on it and then it starts the next episode. Come on, you know, you know I'm done. So I, I, I think I'm convinced that it just wants to remind me that I'm watching this show, but it sucks. It's lying to me. It's wrong. I hate them. It clutters my feed. I, I want to know what I've finished, like podcasts. I, I want it to be clear. I want it to be consistent. I want it to be consistent, and I don't want you to call me a fucking liar. I finished that goddamn episode. You know it, because as soon as I click it, it starts the next episode. It drives me fucking nuts, and it's only HBO and Disney+. And don't tell me it's because you have long credits. You know me. You know what's going on. You know. You know. I hate it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that happen to you too? Um, so, sort of, yes. Uh, but the one that pisses me off is when they have, like, after credit scenes, but the skip option pops up. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. This is... Pile it in. Pile it into the sprite. Like, I, I missed the after credit scene at the, in the final episode of Andor because this fucking thing popped up. Like, they all popped up and it's like, watch this next. And I'm like, oh, obviously there's nothing because they've put that up. Norm on other things, they put it up that, like, skip credits, which I know you shouldn't do as a filmmaker, but yeah. Ugh, <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> for all of us... I also just want to get us drinking before we talk about this cannibal movie here. So cheers, Dave. Good gripe. Good gripes. I love how much you gripe about AMC. We go every week. <laughs> we love our A-list, but every week there's some shit. Yeah. Did I have any shit A-list this week? I was in cinema. Were you in Cinema 6? Did you go to, like, I didn't know where Cinema 6 was. At Lincoln Square? No, this is in uh, Times Square. And no, the, it's, like, it's on the first floor, but there's a separate escalator up to like a half level. It's like a secret fucking cinema. I'm okay. assuming back in the day, that's where they showed the porn. <laughs> yeah, probably. They probably still do sometimes if you go at the right time. If you go in the, yes, uh, the I like people to, who run and operate I like to think the it's the same, uh, same theater that the church group books on the Sunday. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. All right. People, it's time no, to get I'll into it. <laughs> Sorry. Oop. All right, good. Whiskey and the beer is starting Ooh. to hit. All right. 
microphones and all. Dave, you ready to do this? Mm. All right, so I, I think I've said Luca Guadagnino's enough t- name enough time yes. here. I, I can't remember how many times I've said it. This is what happens when the drink is just starting to hit. Um, I, I thought this movie came out at Telluride, but apparently it came out at Venice. It was also at the New York Film Festival recently, mm-hmm. and the, the director, and not Timothy Chalamet, because dude's busy, Yeah. Um, but um, our leading I mean, they, they actress, couldn't even spare Florence Pugh. They're not getting rid of him. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our leading actress, uh, Taylor Russell, and cameo appearance by Chloe Savigny. Um, they, they did a little talk back at Lincoln Center in New York. Um, but basically, this is just coming out. It did a limited release in only five theaters across the country, which is as per usual. I believe it's three in New York, two in L.A. I think I saw it during then. I mentioned last week with Mark. Um, sorry, with Matt. Fuck, it's so easy to confuse. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Shout out to Matt and Mark. Um that they passed out the things like, tell us what you think um, afterwards. So I must have seen it in this mm. weekend. I saw it over a week ago. But it made over $100,000 in five theaters the first week. So obviously, you know, there's buzz. Yeah. You know, Tim- Timothy Chalamet, same director from Call I mean, Me By Your Name. Terrifier 2 made more, but. <laughs> hey, shout out to Terrifier 2. Yeah, yeah represent. <laughs> but but it, in five theaters, it's pretty good numbers. And similar for, topics. For <laughs> At least in one scene. So this is based on a book by, this is a 2015 novel by Camila DeAngelis. And it was adapted by David Kayanik, who also adapted um, Guadagnino's previous films, Suspiria and A Bigger Splash. Suspiria, sorry, <laughs> Suspiria was 2018. A Big Splash was 2015. And if you want to know the kind of director that Luca is, and all you've seen is Call Me By Your Name, because that's it, that's the case for me, even though I've heard of Suspiria a million times. Um, he has a Desire trilogy, <laughs> which is I Am Love in 2009 and A Big Bigger Splash in 2015. Uh, he is attracted you're, to you're them, which is, the I think, something Suspiria that will come up remake, right? Not the original. This is, yes, right. The Suspiria yeah. remake. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and then last year he did something that I forgot to write down, but it doesn't matter. You have Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the film, the, doing the film score here. Um, Arseni Kachaturin is shot the film. And um, I have questions. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into our discussion here of the film. I'll set it up a little bit better than I've done now. This is an Americana story. It's a cannibal story, as you've been hearing. Two young lovers who are cannibals. That's all I knew going into this, by the way. So that's what I'm going to leave our audience with. And I'll give you the description I see on IMDb before I pass it off to you for your initial takeaway. What'd you think? What'd you feel? Marin, a young woman, this is played by Taylor Russell, learns how to survive on the margins of society. Fucking, God damn it, IMDb. I'm, I'm sure there's a better. Let me, let me get the let me get the longer. Dis- I like to be described. I like to be surprised. Wow, surprise! You can tell the alcohol's I mean, right there. You, you know, in five minutes, I'm gonna short, be real it's Literally a road slash coming of age movie with a slight twist on the jerky. On the jerky. <laughs> <laughs> for that fucking sly laugh you get right there. <laughs> Budget 16 million. It still has a ways to go for that. Filmed in, in Kentucky and Ohio. Just came out. Um, shot in, in America, British people. The, the novel was set in the 80s, which we'll, I'm sure, unpack in a second. And a lot of people that have and worked with... Who, who else is in part- it? Who else is in it? Mark Ryland! 
Yes, this is our fucking third Mark Riley. How many people? Da, 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 da. How many people have seen three 2022 Mark Rylance movies besides us? These guys. How many people These guys. have done it? You at home, you listening right now, have you seen three Mark Rylance movies this year? I'm going to tell you right now, you haven't. Yeah. Unless you've seen Turn in the your outfit, fucking Mark Rylance fan cards. The outfit and the Phantom of the Open. We fucking love Mark Rylance. He's the greatest living actor, certainly stage actor, certainly of the English language. I love how John sells a drink thing up on your... I don't know what the hell that is, but... <laughs> fuck it. Drink, John's John, just having a state of drink for not being here. All right, we'll talk about Mark Rylance, Michael Stuberg, Andre Holland, and all these other surprise appearances. But Dave, we have to get your initial takeaway. What did you think? What did you feel? Bones and all, take it away. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen uh, I'd seen the trailer and the uh, probably the week before, and then I was like, oh, fucking hell! Like I didn't realize it was that, and I was a little apprehensive going in um, because there are some scenes where they eat people. And it's not like they shy away from it, to be honest. Like it's, it can get a little uh, intense. I think my fellow cinema goers were a little freaked out that I was sitting there munching on peanut M and M's while it was happening. But ah. <laughs> you know, apart from that, we were good. Um, Wait, this- that's fucked up. You can't, you can't eat. Oh, I buzzed myself. Whatever. But I just- eating M and M's during the Cannibal movie. God damn it! <laughs> but I, I sat there and I, I it doesn't waste much time getting started so i i like that um oh my god that opening yeah that oh. was that was like people were freaking out my theater was fairly well packed too like it was it got a good audience um and then Same. i just i just packed. went on the journey i enjoyed the performances i enjoyed most of the camera work i really enjoyed mark rylance and i want to get into later about the uh like the benny slash lenny thing that was going on there um because, yeah, I feel like they drew a really big parallel. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, the, like, there were a couple of bits that literally scared the shit out of me. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a, a fairly good road coming of age movie. It, it got you in the feels a little bit. But at the same time, they're eating people, and it kind of makes you feel a little weird, which I think it was meant to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I like this one, but I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about it. Like, I, th- I think I really liked it. There were, there were a couple of times I, I didn't like some of the camera work. Ooh, okay. The, the, the DP has not done a lot. Mm. I feel like usually when we see movies like this, the DP has done 75 movies. You know what I mean? And like for some reason, they just happen to get on this low-budget movie that they believe in. But in this case, the DP seems young, mm. and the majority just, of work is shorts, which is no shade in that. I but, just you know. didn't like the choice of, like, when because the, there's times where they're running with the camera. And they oh, go yeah. full side to side running with the camera it's, and you can't see what's going on. Basically it, it's, I know it's like meant to build the tension of the scene or whatever, but like every other scene has these perfect moving, like moving cameras or how like they're holding on shots and you're relying on the performance of the actors. And when you, you've got a cast like that, you don't need to build the tension. They're doing it. Like they were doing mm-hmm. their job. Nobody in this movie yeah. misunderstood the assignment. Everybody was holding attention because it's, it's a slow story, but, you literally are watching like what happened next. You don't need to be shaking the shit shit out of the camera, even if the scene is extremely tense. Yeah. That doesn't happen often, Um, by the way, but it was just a weird choice for me. I'm, I'm with you. This is definitely not one of those movies. By the way, sorry. That's all good. I, I definitely don't think this is the kind of movie you can just watch 
Well, here's, I'll, I'll say this. I feel like most people who watch this are going to sit there at some point and say, is this good? But you know uh-huh. you're hooked. But you know yeah. you're hooked. You can't not watch it. So the, the two movies this is getting compared the most to are Bonnie and Clyde, maybe, but Badlands. And as soon as they said Badlands, I was like, fuck yeah, that's exactly what this is. Um, and I love, so this is, this is a, a young romance on the run movie with horror elements. And it does this unique thing that's very difficult to pull off, especially in a low-budget, slow movie, where the tone doesn't say stay consistent. Now, it can be jolting sometimes in movies like this, where a scene just seems out of place and it's like your whole attention's gone. It does it very naturally. So I don't know, Luca and his team, I don't know how much they thought about that ahead of time. Um, I mean, the opening just seems sweet and kind and nice and then it has this barbarian style twist mm. it's not I, it's not i shouldn't even say twist because but I, I didn't know i mean i knew this was a timothy chalamet and i knew he wasn't the lead but i knew it was a timothy chalamet cannibal movie so in my head i thought it was going to be american honey the shia labeouf movie where he's not the lead in that either he's just sort of the guide you know he sort of can nudge it along um i thought it was going to be like that with cannibals, which I guess it sort of was, but you don't know. Like, is it going to be, oh, what was that Cronenberg movie called? No, I can't remember. We've seen so many movies. Crimes of the Future? What is it? Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be like that, kind of like, they didn't necessarily eat people in that movie, but was it going to be that kind of tone where it was like plastic, robotic, like almost inhuman? Um, but then that the opening and then and then Mark Rylance comes in. It did do it did do a similar thing though to Crimes of the Future. Like Crimes of the Future eased you into when the the actual gore was coming, and this one, yeah. with the exception of the first time it happens, which is meant to be shocking, but it's quick. It, yeah, it's and, fast. It, and it kind of it it lets you know what you're in for, so that when they get to the next bit, it's kind of you yeah, you're you're, you're there. So yeah, so I I think I, I can't tell. And again, the, this terminology doesn't help us. I would guess I liked this more than you. It's not a contest, but I think that I, I knew I was hooked. So whether it was good or bad, I, that was out the window for me, but I'm watching the whole time. I checked, I did check my watch at one point and two hours were already gone and the movie's only two hours and 11 minutes. So clearly like all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, like two hours went quickly, even though it is sort of this slow burn. Uh, we're going to talk about Mark, but I, I do think mm. that um, two points make a line but three points make it official, yeah. right? Orion's belt's fucking cool because it's three in a row, not just two. And, you know, it gets... Timothy Chalamet's not introduced yet, but it gets off and running. You don't know what's happening next. And once you get Mark, and you know he's not the number two Bill, you know he's the, clearly going to be the third Bill, he really sets this thing in motion. And it... Everybody, like, completely followed suit. The word that I'm not, a lot of people are, are using in describing this movie, but I think it's important to talk about, even in the spoiler-free section, is this is a fable. Mm. So fables, we know, are stories that seem very accessible, but also seem surreal. And sometimes it's just one or two little things. Another thing that tends to, to be in fables is youth and age, aka wisdom, but that age is, is unreliable. So even though they're wise, they're never Gandalf. It's always... Um, it's always um, worrisome. It's always, it always causes more anxiety. <laughs> it's never just it's never just um, Bambi's mom. I guess that's sad because she died. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't come up with good. I the get... owl. The owl and Bambi. Why the fuck am I on Bambi? I'm gonna buzz myself for that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Geez. But you know what? Fuck you guys at home. Bambi's awesome. Go ahead and fuck yourself. Watch that movie again and try not to cry. Okay. What are we talking about? Bones and all. 
So, <laughs> so you have the, the older figures are untrustworthy, of course, and mm. but also innocence and what's going on. And they don't know what's going on, too. And I think that plays into it really, really well, where they think they do, but they're still young. They're still figuring it out. The romance is so intoxicating. They're, it it's is. about outcasts. They're outcasts. All of his movies are about outcasts on the margins of society. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you, we're going to have to talk about what we think this is about. Because, like, I, I like to say a lot. I, I'm into plays, as people might know. But, like, I'll say all the time, The Crucible is so good because it's not just about the witch trials, which is enough. The witch trials are great, but it's about McCarthyism. So, And you can mm. really feel that there's more going on, that there's a point to this. It's not just witch trials were bad. It's that we keep repeating this. It's we keep mm. doing this. We hate children, even though oh. it's the older people that are fucking everything up. We know there's more going on to this, and we know this fable has a lesson. And we also know that when it ends, we're not going to know exactly what it is. We're going to have to sit with it. And I think that really drives this movie for two hours and 11 minutes. I thought it was mm. great. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier the Lenny Benny thing. Um, yep. I really resonated with uh, like the Benny character um, as Lenny Small from Of Mice and Men. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what it was. A cannibal like Lenny. And he, because like he gets the the way he reacts to things, the way he like he has his rules, but he's you can tell there's not a lot in there. Can you just be clear exactly who in the movie? Do you know the actor or it was like Mark, um, Mark Rylance? I'm talking about. So Sully. Oh, sorry, Sully. Yeah, Sully. Come on, <laughs> life's never dully when we were with Sully. Come on, <laughs> Dave. That was creepy. That was creepy. Yeah, sorry. The Sully. As soon as you- the Sully character, Lenny Sully, is what I was talking That's about. That's okay. I yeah. like Lenny Benny though. That's good, but it's because you're used to this rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> you um, have that stuck in your head. Life's never dully when you're with Sully. As yeah, soon as he's and he laughs, you're just like, Holy. I mean, Mark, right? Let's circle that. And he went, "This could be the greatest." I've said, I've done every Shakespeare show, and this could be the greatest line I've ever said <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about the Americana ness of this. We go. We're in. All right, we, start I, in Virgi- we start in Virginia. Maryland, little, Virginia, Texas. Okay, I mean, let's keep it positive for a second, and then we'll get into your fucking beef. <laughs> well, okay, well, what's your beef? My, well, my beef ahead. is the state titles that that pop up constantly. It's just the two-letter state abbreviations. No one outside of America, or very like, it's very niche, and a lot of people outside of America aren't going to know what the fuck those are. I have a feeling in Italy they're going to spell out the states. <laughs> That's just a guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but. that was that was my only beef. I was like, that's a shame because like some people are going to be thinking more about what the fuck was that than what's going on in the film. So I hope they do fix it for an international audience. All right, and before we go into spoilers, let's just talk about the performance. Because the performance, you're right. I mean, it is filmed well. I think the editing is fantastic. Also, seems to be an editor that he has worked with before, mm. Luca, but not a ton. This is definitely um, one where those jump cuts worked for it. Like there were some fantastic jump cuts in this. I, I haven't seen him use better. And they're, they're jump cuts because most of the movie, the, the cuts are very calm. Mm. You know, there's an ease. There is, again, this romance to it, this elegance, not elegance, but this um, this naturalistic, like, you know, into the Americana folk world. And then the jump cuts are shocking. Yeah. You know, why do they stick out so much? I know what you mean. That's cool. Um, okay, so, the, but do you like the Americana? You know, the score was kind of understated, too, which I thought was cool to kind of pace things along. And the performance is, Timothy Chalamet is the star... You know, he's not the lead of this movie, but he's Timothy Chalamet. Yep. Um, where he is in his life, he's sitting on a gold mine because he has Dune Part 2 coming out. He has Wonka coming out. I don't know how he's, much of like, Dune Part 2 he's in, though. I'm pretty sure he takes a back seat in this one. I mean, 
I, I just I kind of doubt that, but like it's you're right, it's possible. Well, no, if I but if I remember the second part of the story um, of yeah. Dune, like he's not in it that much. He's kind of becomes secondary. Maybe you're right, but he's because of the first movie. He's the com- he's the piece that ties yeah. it together. Even oh more yeah, than he, de- he definitely has his place, but I think it focuses more on uh, on the girl and Wonka. So if he's if he's yeah. DiCaprio, you know, he has the big movies, Titanic. Beach, catch me if you can, mm. whatever. Aviator. He's the big movies. And this is his this yeah. is his pat his, his free pass. If this yeah. movie bombs, it's not going to affect the rest of his life. It's so not. what do you what do you think about but what do you think about him? Before I we get he, into spoilers. I think, have, I think if he's gonna be DiCaprio, he'd better buff up because he's got a fucking bear to fight to win an Oscar. Dude <sighs> Dave, we're trying to talk about Bones and All before we go into our spoiler <laughs> section here. Did you like his performance as Lee in Bones I and All? I thought his performance was phenomenal. I really did. He nailed it. He was just like there was mention that he might be on drugs or at some point was on drugs. Um, and he, yeah, the character and it, it re- he really like nailed the performance of that without going too far. Everything, everything was just subtle. It was so subtle. And he just, he was enjoying the road trip. He was enjoying the companionship, even though he hadn't had that up until then. Like mm-hmm. when he was discovered, like, just after feeding, he was very nonchalant about it. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I there was not a thing to not like about his character. After, fe- after feeding. It's so funny. We have to just say we're talking about this. Like, after feeding. Yeah, after yeah. feeding, he still seemed very chipper. Yeah. I it's mean, at that point, funny. I'm still munching on peanut M&Ms. So, you know, we're good. <laughs> Dave! <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot to say the best thing. The second the first time happened, person, two people in the row behind me left. Like literally five minutes in my whole row. I was in like the second to last, third to last Dude, row. I, I had a run out with a hand over her mouth. No, get out of here. You really did? At the end, yeah. People, <laughs> I like being surprised at the movie too, but you have to know, so, the, they, are, they are shouting this from the rooftop. This is a cannibal movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the person, by, two people behind us left and my whole row, we, we were just laughing because I just started, excuse me, excuse, and clearly they don't have to go to the bathroom. This is five minutes into the movie, 10 minutes into the movie. Clearly they're like, I'm out. And it's like, oh yeah, was that too much for you? Yeah, was, Get uh, the it, fuck out of here. Dude's like, this was the worst fucking first date ever. Yeah. Meanwhile, they probably went to another movie yeah. where someone's face it's, gets blown yeah, off like, by a gun. And they chomp. Can't stand it was it. about that moment. He knew he fucked up. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> yeah. This, the fucking freeze frame. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, all right. We, we love Mark. Last but yes. not least, Taylor Russell. Are you in Taylor Russell? Oh, Cause that was God, a surprising yeah. performance for me. Yeah. She was, she was absolutely magical. Like they never saw waves. And, I never and, saw it. And worked so well against him as well. That the chemistry was fantastic. And her, utter non-chemistry with uh mark rylance as well was fantastic that's good that's still chemistry that's not non-chemistry no, no, <laughs> well, it, it chemistry. Was, it, no it was like but it, there was they were they were never comfortable yeah and that worked to a t and and this is a star turn i hope i hope mm-hmm. it is you never know nowadays with these kinds of things but i thought she was phenomenal too i thought uh oh, you're right the performances mm-hmm. were just all like it was it was really something else all right, should we All move right, into spoilers? Let's do it. Spoilers are on. Spoil away. Spoiling things. Okay, I, I do want to get to um, I do want to get to the metaphor and the and the the larger picture and some things, but um, I mean, was I, for me was the cannibalism like a replacement for drugs? So this is it. There's no answer to that. Because it's it's just a recurring addiction where you have to get a hit every every now and like every now and then, and it gets worse the longer you do it. 
Or in their case, it so, gets worse the older you get. So even not knowing that Luca is a homosexual, I did I did think that it might have something to do with that, but I didn't know exactly what, so I sort of put it in the back of my mind. I didn't know that the book was set in the 80s. So Oh, I picked I, you up on that the second that Walkman came out. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the... Just, you mean her... Um, that Walkman oh, yeah, and with, that with those headphones were like fucking period accurate. I had one of those things. I actually love, yeah, of course, me too. <laughs> I went running and just sweat through like the. It was so. It I had it on when so I was mowing the ladies' lawn across the street. Okay, yeah. that's a horror movie waiting to happen. You're right, <laughs> it's, I think it's already happened. I didn't with the headphones on, not knowing that some um, cannibal shit is happening in the ladies' lawn yeah. across the street. <laughs> um. So 80s in America and Americana is if you're especially if it, gay AIDS like it, it's these things these things they have to be on the table and I it's this sort of because it's this sort of idea of um you know once you've eaten you can't stop and then the thing that Sully said is um you know you have rules he has rules but, yeah yeah but he's trying to train her a little bit he's like oh i have rules and it, it says he's trying to almost like foster her a little bit mm. but but the rules get broken and you know and then he says like you can't help it this is who you are you were born with it you don't realize it until you're later some people realize it earlier like i i was starting to get that for sure um and then and then you know with the possible spread of aids and and keeping it quiet and i think uh, we're in spoilers so i'll say this there, this is a fast I love that. I love when these kinds of movies, the simple thing, like the device with the tape, it's very simple. You're going to hear the story over time. I love that. It's so simple. Yeah. It's almost cheesy. The other cheesy. thing I love there as well, like I, I make reference to the actors being able to hold a scene when earlier with, with shaking the camera, not shaking the camera. Um, when they use the voiceover, but, or there was someone talking and they just held on one person who wasn't. Or it was mm-hmm. like they were just held on this one person while the voiceover was happening. They weren't even listening to it anymore. It was just them holding your attention. And like th- those scenes were some of my favorites in the movie. I agree. Well, if you think about it, those this is a first person point of view movie. She it is Taylor Russell's the entire way. It's the her character Marin's the whole way. Even Timothy Sheldon, he comes in, but he's a supporting character. Mm. He he could be billed as a lead at the Oscars for all I care, but like he's a supporting character. It's through her point of view. So why do we need to stare at her while she's listening to these things? Sometimes it's good to see what she's looking at when these kinds of things yeah. are happening, right? The only time I moved away from her point of view was when she ran away from him. And we got that one scene where he was like by himself. Right. Of course, loneliness is another theme yeah. in this movie of what, what we do to not be alone. Because as soon as she runs away from him, who does she see? Mm. Sally again. Yeah, and then later she's calm, but he leaves and to that, do it. I don't know what he's doing. I don't and then know. For me, that was his stuff. best scene in the film. Like her and him playing off each other. That was that was one of the best scenes in the film. Well, you have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. really, the the whole second half. And it, you know, like final I mean, you sort of knew what was going to happen. The look on his face when she rode off on the bus. I don't know. I saw Blackfoe, and I thought she might throw him in there. I mean, like. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, and when he just drops it and loses his shit at her. I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you you that, are just turn. not coping with rejection and have no device to do it. Like, he played it so like, well. He played it like, so well. He's going to break some rules, or yeah. at least he could. And he but did. He's, and he's, he said, too, that, like, the older you get, the more you need it. Mm. Like, the, the you know, it doesn't go away, of course. Um, I think the one thing that's fascinating, and I love in movies like this where it's these little things that linger, 
and this is a weird one to linger for me, but I can't, I couldn't help it. Cause when I saw it, I was like, something about this is strange. Timothy Chalamet goes to the carnival, meets the guy mm-hmm. who's clearly gay and into him and says, and I didn't know. I thought maybe he just wanted to hook up with him at first, but then he tells Marin, go to the car. I got this. We got, we got to do this. This is that we need to eat. And I think you know, that was a disarming technique. I don't know if he's essentially gay. No, yeah, right, you're right, you're right, right, yeah. right. But that was a yes. hunting technique. Sure, 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 sure. Granted, it went pretty so fucking it, far for a ruse, but so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is if, if the goal is just to kill him and then eat him, well, okay, again, but, like but he, he finishes he, him. He, yeah, he, he, he kills him right at the moment of climax. Like, so why? Actually, just before he denied him, it was just before. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't know what that was. Why didn't he just say, yeah, this is great, and then slit his throat before having to actually perform anything? Why did Timothy enjoy it? Did um, I, I feel like he was denying him something? I, I don't there's, know there's what no... that was. There was a very, yeah, they didn't really touch on that. There was a, a couple of things they didn't touch on. Like the the he had the dreams of like his father and they sorted that all out. Yeah. But then she had dreams of her father and they didn't even touch on it. Right. And so there was some weird imagery in that. So to, to to not pivot necessarily, but to change course. So that's so gay eighties Reagan AIDS and just mm. honestly just being identifying as as queer, which includes this guy. Yeah. Also, by the way, it does count him to be a flawed character. So when Taylor Russell's like, "We killed, we shouldn't kill," it's it doesn't justify the kill that the guy was like cheating on his wife and with the baby because obviously you want him to go home and, and raise the child, but it does flaw all of the characters in such a way that just makes it confusing. And you know, it's not like it's not it's not pure, it's not clean, it's not well, simple. I, I Fables get, are never I get, simple and pure. I get why it happened for them because that was the that was the clincher. It was like we yeah, just killed someone it, but... with a family like that, and yeah. that was that was a line not prepared to cross. That they're animalistic now. Yeah. They've they've crossed over even though they don't feel like it. But to your point about the drugs and addiction, that is kind of like, like alcoholism tends to be somebody who's the child of an alcoholic, right? That's just, that's just the statistics, mm. as you were saying before about that. And so we find out that his father was abusive, not necessarily an eater. Her mom was an eater and didn't mm. tell her about it, which is like, we know, and we kind of found out why, but um that that's something that can be piled in here too that you can't escape even if that wasn't necessarily the point but back to your addiction theory but this is i think this is fascinating the the writer of the book mm. this is a little inside baseball but i listened to an interview with the right the, the the person who adapted the screenplay which is david kayanik who also did suspiria and um uh the fuck was the other one i said a bigger splash the writer of the book said i want to make sure that you you can you can make your adaptation you can make your update but the theme of veganism has to be fleshed out i want that in this movie that can't that is undeniable and i was like that's the one that was the make or break not not any of the other stuff we were talking about not the addiction theme the theme of veganism not even global warming yeah specifically veganism that's what the book writer said has to stay in the script what do you think of that where was that like, where was the veganism thing? I didn't pick up on that at all. Well, just that they're, they're eating humans. Is it a contradiction to eat meat? What I would say is when he, when he's cooking the fish or the hens or whatever it is that he's cooking in the... Mark Rylance yeah. is cooking. And she's like, are we eating that? And he's like, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Because because there was something about her being like, you don't expect us to eat that. I, but I you're right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. 
That's a that's a weird one. Because I yeah I I got the drug analogy up front. That was what spoke to me out of that. Well, David Kianic, veganism maybe didn't come through as much as uh, as much as we wanted. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Who did we buzz Sorry. for that? <laughs> well, buzz me. Let's get him on the show. Um, what do you want to talk about? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep talking about Mark. I, I so must, you can get I, to him now, or do you want to get to something else? I must. I must we'll, we'll be like when, when, after that first bite, where she bites that girl's finger, which was gratuitous. I must add. Um, it was still quick though, which I appreciate. It was. It was quick. Um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it was quick. Apparently, it was it, that stuff. Like they put stuff under it, like cherries and roll ups and stuff like that, to make it taste sure. good. Make it delicious. But, yeah. But, but the actual prosthetic was still rubber. So like there was this weird conflicting rubber smell. But when that, when that happened, um, straight after that, after it, like he gets abandoned, she gets in the bus. I was kind of half expecting it to like just chow down on someone on the bus and not be able to hold it. And I was this sitting there. This is what's so good about the movie. Yeah. Is, you're right. You're I waiting thought- for it and you're waiting for it. And it, it like, it, but it slows down at that point. But I was, I, I was literally, the first thought I thought was like, how long is she on this bus? She's going to kill someone on this bus. Like she's going to eat someone on this bus. And that would still only be the second most horrifying thing I've seen on a bus in the US. Mm. So, <laughs> What was the first thing? What was the most horrifying thing? I'm not talking about that on air. <laughs> All right, fair that enough. One, that one's it was rough. It was rough and very inappropriate. Let's right, just say. So I want to pivot from I mean, we can talk about Mark Rylance all day. I still think that well, okay, before we pivot, were you surprised when you saw so we were in the house with Mark mm-hmm. Rylance? And I, I just love as soon as he said, I smelled you, I know you, you're an eater. I yeah. feel like those three lines or whatever, those couple lines that they had at the bus stop were two things it was a surprise of course that that happened but in a weird way it was also a relief yeah because i was like how are you gonna know and it's like okay so now there's this thing where eaters smell each other and there's this secret system. even if there's only five people in the but whole fucking the, country the, the at way, least i know that the way that was done was so good because she couldn't do it like so he was Im- he was immediately like if you put it in vampire terms he was the older vampire like as such like he has he's adapted to his yeah. skills and he's adapted his hunt. And like there was a, that, that rule about don't eat an eater as well. Um, I thought there was something in the trailer where that crazy guy that they hold up with by the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get to him in a I second. thought he said something in the trailer about eating an eater. That scene actually, I was, I meant to ask you about that because the scene was confusing and it, it, I don't think it was supposed to be confusing, but it was definitely meant to be, like uh put a pin in the map conflicting like yeah this is this is a circle this, this is, whole scene well i think it was more to to draw them into conflict and give them something to shy away from because it was like this is what you could end up like well and also you have the guy that's not an eater but just yeah. is hanging about and you can see like how fragile humanity is or how, you know, how, how fragile we all are because why is this outsider there? And why is an insider allowing I mean, the outsider everybody, in? Everybody has a kink and that just happened to be his watching right. people I, eat I, people. I still come, I, I still come back to the, I'm not buzzing. That's right. It's right on the money. Yeah. I, I think the, um, sort of the, the idea of like, a, like the, the, the gay themes come in, which I'm not going to beat to death. Cause I think you've heard me out on this, but like, 
inviting somebody else in who's not, you know, kind of could mess with the the um, havenness mm. of the community and society that is meant to be pure and 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 uh, you know a pure form of expression. But in this case, we're jumping from Mark Rylance a little bit. So we'll I love the juxtaposition. We'll come back to that because I want to go back to the opening scene. But at the lake, the fact that they at least they notice right away, like this isn't right. There's something yeah. weird about this. And and why did Michael Stuhlbarg, who, by the way, was in Call Me By Your Name. I don't know if he was nominated for an Oscar for that or Shape of Water, but he is he really is one of our best actors. And he is just the right script and performance away from winning Oscars and doing all that kind of stuff. He's fucking awesome. Michael Stuhlbarg, people. Um, he he was the eater in that scene, right? He was the eater yeah. in the scene. Why he got so crazy when they were trying to leave and like the whole scene was so off-putting, which is good because we were getting pretty comfortable with the cannibalism thing. So yeah, well, see, Mark, I, don't, I don't know. I, Mark, I don't know. The, the thing point. is, Mark, just so Mark Rylance had the rules. Like um, Sully had the rules about don't eat an eater. I don't think this guy did. This guy didn't have any fucking rules. I don't yeah. know what he was doing. I don't know what and his life was. Again, you think it, I was it, a cop? Again, it, you think I was yeah. a police officer? Yeah, again, it he kind of made it um, like a little bit vampiric for me because like he had his familiar almost and they'll they're familiar but they'll they'll turn on their own you yeah know, they really were they were the real cannibals in this movie yeah they i i feel like they were put there to make you like shy towards the others because like they're doing they they eat people they kill they're killing they eat people but you need something to put them in balance so you still are empathetic to them and i feel like that yeah. was the balance like the, he provided the balance because it's like this guy's a fucking monster. He eats people. This guy watches him eats people, and then this you've the got the, these other the two, monster. these other two who also eat people. But you're sitting there going, "Fuck! I hope they get away from this guy." Yeah. So it, it, again, it re endeared you to the character after they'd established that these kids eat people. They're all sort of different levels of the same monster, you know. Hmm. So we have the good, we have the good monster, Timothy yeah. Chalamet, sort of the not good monster, but you can tell he's, you know, he wants to be good at least. And then you have the other two. That's it's, very, yeah, that's very Nightbreed. Okay. Yeah. Um, like you have the monsters on the fringe of society that, like, if they get discovered, react. That's what this is. Yeah. The fringe of society for sure. All right, I want to opening scene with Mark Rylance. I want to talk about the themes of loneliness and the ending. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before I take you that way? No, let's go that way. Okay. First of all, before I get into this little final section, I want to say the writer said something awesome, which is they're like, how did you want to adapt this novel? Did you read the novel? And he said, I want to work on things that scare me with people that don't. Can you imagine that freedom that you have just embracing that line? I'll say it again. <laughs> That's a great I line. Want to, I want to work on things that scare me with people that don't. That's David Kayanik. And it's like, as soon as you say that, and he's already worked with Luca and some of the others on this, hmm. it's like, all right, let's make a fucking well, there, movie. There's a, um, they were talking about in an interview where someone approached the director and was like, I'm not sure if this is the right thing. And the director turned around and went, you're on the right track. You're, you're here for a reason. Like, mm -hmm. I, I believe in exactly what you're doing. That's why you're here. So go do what you're doing. And that was, that was his response to them. And like, if you're on that kind of, like, again, that falls right into the, the people you don't fear because this person is just lifting everyone up around him. Yeah. And I feel like that right. really came through in the film too. Oh my God. I want to talk about the juxtaposition. I'm, gonna, I'm getting back to Mark's first eating. With yeah. Her. Cause this is where she like, 
it almost seems like she knows what to do. So it almost seems very, it seems kind of animalistic. Like, oh, this is what we do. Like the, the mama tiger is like, see this carcass? We eat this. And it's like, okay. And he's it compared with Timothy Chalamet, who just like left the guy out in the shed in the back. And was like, yeah, he's <laughs> back some? there, yeah. <laughs> which is five minutes later in the film. And he's, he knows she, he knows she's an eater and he's a little cocky about it, even though he's like, She's like, you could tell I met a guy who can smell an eater from a half a mile away. He's like, really? I can't, not that far from me, but yeah, he's like this cocky little kid, arrogant. And then you find out more about the dad and the abuse. And and we're going to get talk about, I'm going to get to the ending where we talk about ingesting your loved one in a second. But the, but so juxtapose Timothy's first time with, with Mark Rylance, which we know what happens to Sully and we know the turn and how, what he does to Taylor Russell's life. He, he, he makes her a loner, hmm. you know? Kayla's hair was in that thing at the end, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you knew yeah, that. Yeah, I saw I didn't that. Know that. I, I just, it was confusing for me, but Mark Rylance introduced her to this life and then took everything good about it away. Not good necessarily, but anything that would make it worthwhile hmm. away from her at the same time. So he did. Well, again, again that was fantastic performance. That was his inability to cope with the rejection because she rejected him for companionship, but she was with this guy. And so he went and ate that guy's fucking sister. He's just, we all have crazy people yeah. where one thing could turn the whole dynamic. But the first time he eats, she goes to the bathroom and then she comes out and she sees him. And he looks helpless in a weird way. He, he's like, he looks vulnerable, even though he's eating hmm. this human who just died and who knows if she was drugged and all that kind of stuff. And then she kind of helplessly goes over to him and it's, it's very tender what did you think about that first sequence with Mark? She ends up running from and fucking fleeing, but it was also very, it was very vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, she she always said she was going to leave, um, but he just didn't, I, I he couldn't process that. It was like they'd now made a connection through eating this woman. Um, so, but I, I, I feel like that whole scene, I was waiting for more. And then when I didn't get more, I was glad I didn't get more. I just think it, it was crazy. It was that literally he... just a progression. It was she met him. He had found this woman that he could smell was going to die. He's sitting in the house waiting for her to die, which is fucking horrific. Um, she finally dies, and he's like, "Okay, let's go. Let's eat this." And he he eats, and then she comes in and joins him, and then they clean up together, and then he goes off to have a shower, and she that's when she fucks off. And he, from his perspective, he had a connection. He can't understand why she's left. So he fucking, it sets up what you don't know at the time is a massive fucking stalking across the US. Yeah. So, oh my God. and it, once you once you realize that's what's happening, you're like, oh shit, this is not going to end well. And Just the, the fact that he didn't tell her, why don't we eat now? Also the look on his face when he's cooking the, the hens or whatever yeah. it is. And then she's like, you didn't bring me in here to eat those, did you? And just, he's still like looking at the skillet and the look on his face just changes. It's like, you, you love to see those moments captured on film hmm. of the change. The one that got, you don't want, the one that got me was the drool. Oh, the drool is so sick. That was at the end. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll oh, tell you a story about sick. the end in a sec too. Once we, uh, we'll get to the end. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just, I thought that the, the fact that he was already eating her when she came out of the bathroom yeah. was really a bold choice. And the fact that she sat down and started eating, it was like, Oh my God, she really is like this. Um, juxtaposed with Timothy's great. Okay, so before we get into the finale, loneliness. What does this say? What does this say about she thought she was gonna have a life of isolation, and I'm sure Timothy did too. Mm. And it ends up being the thing that unites them. And of course it also tears them apart at the end. But what did you feel about the loan? Did you feel like I felt lost if they weren't together? Yeah. You know, when she left him, I was like, well, how yeah, could they you com- possibly they communicated that so well? 
I, especially in the fact that she came back looking for him and he was he'd settled down at this point because he was tired of the loneliness as well. He tasted not like companionship and then went back to his family, but he stayed away and far enough away from them. So they didn't have to be yeah, like close to what he was. Ugh. And the little device that the one person in the world, she knows that she could actually, because like, her father, she like get, lets him go. Yeah. Andre, Andre Holland, really, really great small role. And then of course the voiceover role, but she goes across the country to see her mom in Minnesota. And then she's in immense little situation and tries to, see, uh, that, that was a nice little jump. That's spirit. one of the, yeah, that scared been, the shit could, out of me. They could have fucked that up, but they pulled it off. Right. Dude. Yeah. She went full fucking Bilbo Baggins as far as I was concerned. Like, <laughs> Mm. Oh, Bilbo! Well, when he has the ring, it's like Grr! yeah, <laughs> that, that thing. That's exactly what fucking happened. I'm still buzzing you. Fuck that. Yeah. Also, that hospital was gross as fuck. Yeah. Um, you gotta take care of your sick people, people. Um, there's something cool about Mark Rylance only showing up when when she leaves Timothy, and he's like, oh, "I'm here," and he scoops. Right I think in. he only presented really cool himself when she left him. I think he was there the whole time. He only present like as he parked right where she was going. Like, so I he, I think he was watching her the whole time. He only presented himself once she left the guy. Well, it's easy to say that now, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he's probably at the men's. Apparently he followed her the whole fucking way. But I just, I love when she tries to say like, I wish my mom just told me that there was somebody else out there like me. And, you know, and it's like, oh my God, it's ugh. back to that loneliness thing. It's like, I wish yep. I knew, I wish I knew. And it's like, you have to find these things out on your own. Timothy Shall. Okay, so let's get to the ending. So Timothy Chalamet ate his dad. So it really shouldn't be too surprising about her ingesting him. I guess I was still surprised by the Mark Rylance final scene, even though I shouldn't have been. I don't know why I should have thought well, that, that Sully wouldn't come back. Yeah, I was surprised as well. Like I, I didn't think that was where they were going to go. I, I, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I didn't think he was back again. And that really fucking got me. And like again, the drool, all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, that last scene where he's like eat me Amy and she starts to dig in as where the woman ran out of the theater she'd put up with everything else <laughs> but that was apparently eating Timothy Chalamet was the fucking line and the funniest part he is, has no meat on the bones yeah. she's just eating bones yeah, the, the funniest part is he's 140 I'm pounds the soaking wet out of the corner of my eye I've caught someone just standing in the theater looking at me and I'm like what the you fuck know? yeah and I've looked over and there's three guys, and then I realized they're in AMC uniforms. It's the three ushers who were cleaning the theater had walked in and were standing there watching the audience. Oh, were they? To see oh, their because they, they knew what up. was coming. To what they're watching the audience's facial reactions, and I'll tell you what, from the look on their faces, my theater didn't disappoint. I'm still eating M and M's at this point. <laughs> Stop, Dave! How many M and M's are in your fucking batch? It's like you're torturing your audience. I eat M and M's in five minutes tops. Don't give me that sly ass laugh, you fucking. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, of course, that last sequence I mean, is the most... more meat than Timothy Chalamet. So. No buzz there. He says it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. 140 pounds soaking wet. Um, it's the most violent part of the movie. It is. It's, it's very violent. And, like, Mark Rylance is extremely... Like, he wasn't sexually threatening her, but it looked like he was. Like it was, it there was a there was a, almost a sexual component to that. Oh, who knows? But it was like he didn't really know that was a thing which plays kind of into the the Lenny thing from before he's just like petting her and drooling he's on petting her and yeah. drooling and on they, her and like he he just wants companionship yeah and the blood everywhere yeah. just like what 
ca- and then those, those cutaways them? like to the sink and everything they looked a little familiar but like it was just <laughs> <laughs> sick um Oh my god! And then the kill. I love when he he eats his way out of like the suffocation bag. Yeah, and it's like ah, oh, that's not gonna work. Yeah, Fuck. shit. And then, oh, and Timothy like, just they, what it takes yeah. out of the, the guy. The guy bites through flesh. Plastics will stop him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he's like I I'm used to this. Oh my god, and the blood everywhere and the way they clean it up. And then what about again? This is a fable. So what about the shot at the very end where they're? It's I guess it was a cutback, but not necessarily. I, I don't remember them taking their clothes off. No, so I don't maybe it was just either. like that, I think that, it was just their happy place. That confused the fuck out of me. It reminded me of the happy place from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it was it was a place they had been to before, but they were in different. Yeah, I don't know if they were in different clothes. I mean, maybe but they it was were just like, her remembering. Maybe like because I got the impression that they were going to have sex on that hill. So maybe it was just her remembering the aftermath of that and when she was truly happy and connected and that sort of thing. Maybe she put her mind back to that. Um, part of, maybe, maybe it was part of the ecstasy of eating the entire body because I'm pretty sure she ate the whole thing. Maybe the whole like eating, yeah, bones and all. I mean, that's yeah. she did, right? Because she wanted to carry all of him everywhere. Mm. By the way, the idea of that, it's it's terrible. You choke, you could cut your intestines. Like There's no way you're eating all those little bones, but yeah. that's not the point. So the, the fable element of it is like, you're always lonely, but you always carried these people with you, whether you like it or not, and whether it was gruesome or not. Nature's gruesome, but it's also romantic and beautiful. I mean, I just I think this fucking little tiny simple movie covered all of this shit, and it told a really clear narrative throughout. And I feel that like it's again, you thinking it's going to be open to interpretation depending on how you come into it as well. But I will tell yeah. you, don't watch the trailer. Just yeah, go in this, without watching but, the trailer. And, and encourage if you've listened to this hopefully you've seen the movie but like encourage your friends to do the same thing just like please just see it yeah see the movie and then let's talk about it afterwards yeah i um, so many people were talking about it on the way out like how can I, you not? yeah i everyone was having discussions on the escalators i, I walked through a couple of them i wanted to stop and what i'm going to stop and talk to these people but i, I don't want them to think i'm weird but because i'm the guy sitting in the, alone in the theater smiling eating m&ms but <laughs> it's <laughs> Oh my God, you're right. Um, life's never dull when you're with Dave Green. <laughs> it's crunchy though. <laughs> How bad did you want Timothy Chalamet to get pulled over when he had blood all over his face? <laughs> yeah, nobody got pulled over in the eighties. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Especially out there. I mean, they literally uh, parked in the guy's car outside his house, and then they just drove away. And the cops were in the house, and they were yeah. like, "Huh." There's two cars up there pulled off to the side of the road, but um, yeah, we'll 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 check them out yeah, later. Yeah, we got we got, tell, yeah, we got something to do first. <laughs> All right, Dave. Without John, are we about to round this down at I a pretty gonna, reasonable yeah, we're time? I think we round this down to well, I mean, yeah, it's still long, but sure. I think that's two recommendations from us. Yeah. Would you agree? I I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's if if you like balls to the wall fucking cinema where they take risks, this is the film for you. I think so too. And you know what? These risks are less risky when you realize how well they pull this shit off. Yeah. If this is another movie, I mean, it would have been boring. If it was this, it's exciting. I like, want to know, great. like, what what kind of phone call or something do you have to make to get Mark Rylance? Because I want to work with that guy. Good question. I think about this all the time because Michael Stuhlberg could have played that role. You know, they could have gotten a less known actor to play Michael. They could have, like, swapped up. It's like a Shakespeare company. It's like, mm. who do we got to be? Who wants to play Black Stash? Who wants to play Othello? It's by Iago. Like, they, you know, and 
I have a feeling it was a very short commitment. <laughs> and I also have a feeling that the, I mean, the this two was also, were if, in place. If I'm not mistaken, this was shot during COVID as well, wasn't it? Because... 2021 yeah. we shot it was um it was the script i think was start written in 2019 2020 and then they actually mm. started principal it was uh, timothy chalamet and taylor russell were officially confirmed january it's, 2021 it's really it's really funny to see that covid brings out a lot of these and I, I, like a lot of the big disney properties and stuff that were made during that time kind of suffered for it because there weren't as many extras and i made that comment about yeah. andor this movie um, has very few extras and or yeah. like they this this one feels bigger because there's so many fucking extras flying around because now with the proper protocols it's safe to do that but in this case you have a story that feels lonely and isolated and it was the perfect time to fucking shoot it mm-hmm. i mean nothing was per- more perfect than old <laughs> and the white lotus which in we're almost entirely outside the old still our most listened to episode shout out day that was another two-person episode let's go mm. All yeah. right, people. Well, what? what? <laughs> you you picked up psychically what I was going to say about old, didn't you? <laughs> Do you want to say it out loud or no? I think I've said enough. Go Fuck and listen to the episode. You, oh. oh, my gosh. Well, that sound, of course, means that it's time to wrap up our episode with a quick round of what you've been watching, where we give you our recommendations of the week. Dave, we always start with you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been watching? Well, I've been watching two things in particular this week. Um, I've been watching the the final season that Netflix picked up of Manifest. And it and? just picks up right where it left off. And it is rolling down to a conclusion because this apparently this is it. They're going to finish the series. And cool. uh, that's enough about that. What I, The other thing I watched was <laughs> Wednesday. Right, the Adams Family the Tim Burton adaptation. Oh my fucking god! Watch this. It is one of the best television shows I have seen this year. We watched it in, a, in two days over two sittings. What's your pitch? Why is it so good? It's it's just so good because they like it's Wednesday. A little older going to college, so there's a little bit of teen angst stuff in there. They pair her with the perfect comic foil roommate, who's into all these bright colors and is a werewolf. Oh, in, werewolf in waiting. Um, the family, like the rest of the family is barely in it. They're in it for maybe like Uncle Fest is in it for one episode. Um, that's not a spoiler. And the rest of the family is in it for maybe two, three episodes. Uh, but it's it's all about Wednesday going to college and learning how to fit in. She gets sent to a special college because she gets expelled from the first one. Because um, someone picked on her brother and she threw piranhas in the pool. Uh, so basically... She gets sent. She gets sent to this special college, but there's all sorts of shit going on at this college, where like she, someone tries to murder her in like the first episode and stuff like that. It's just she sticks around. It becomes a little bit Nancy Drewish, which I I loved. There's like a mystery going on through. There's at least two mysteries going on through it that they they work through. Tim Burton just nails every fucking element of this thing in the design. And then they have enough stuff left hanging in threads that they could probably do about three fucking season twos. Uh, and there's one, I, I will say, you, if you've been on TikTok, you've seen the dance sequence everywhere, but there is a dance sequence in the middle of this that is so cringily awesome. It is fucking amazing. Like, yeah, there's nothing nice. I don't like about the show. It was brilliant. Fucking hell. All right. Yeah. Wednesday. You said Disney Plus? Uh, no, that's Netflix. Tim Burton. The Disney ties have been severed. Okay, cool. Yeah, he... Uh, like did did the most the amazing Disney. job on this the design all, all the tim burton stuff is there like monsters with googly eyes everything like it's just it's all it's right. tim burton at his best 
and yeah also uh jenna ortega who is um she was in scream uh she was in x i believe uh and a a couple of other things she's in the sequel to scream coming up and yeah she nails the wednesday character nice yeah shit all right. Well, I watched uh, two things. I actually rewatched with my family. I uh, convinced them to watch The Phantom of the Open. <laughs> How'd they go? It was great because I, I think my brother, I knew, I was like, my brother and my dad are going to like this. I think my mom and sister-in-law, I'm going to get them too. And um, on the big screen, it's a little bit more lush and sweeps you away a little bit. So, But it does translate well to, let's say my brother like walked the dog for five minutes and came back and like immediately started laughing at the first thing that came back <laughs> in and stuff. So it translated really well, and it was a success on the hall. And like the little tiny things that in the theater were so big. On the small screen, I wanted them to laugh at them too, and, and they did. The disco twins, of course, mm-hmm. and a couple of the lines... Uh, Deadly accurate what? with the forward. Did you rent it or <laughs> what's great. that on now? Yeah, we had to rent it. We had to rent it. The outfit is on Peacock, but this one you still have to rent as of now. That's a good pitch uh, at the and, end of this episode. <laughs> and then and I, w- I was trying to think of, because I watched, you know, we watched some football and stuff and a lot of World Cup people, mm-hmm. World Cup's going on. I'm excited for the USA-Iran game that's coming up tomorrow, even though Iran just came out and said they're going to torture the families of their players if they don't behave <laughs> That's for Iran. No, yeah. I know, but it's it's, know, but... But it's weird for us because it's like. Well, I mean, you, you it's know, like if, if the U.S. wins, you know which I hope for, they do. Right? Because right at the beginning, they refuse to sing their national anthem in protest of the shit that's going on over Fuck there. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. So I'm not surprised they got their response. And I hope their families you know are okay, doing? but good on them. They started torturing former players just as to get, send a warning. That's how fucked up Iran is. So it's this weird thing where I want the U.S. to kick their yeah. ass and then essentially send them home to... Ugh, whatever. Iran, you're forgetting the number one rule in like life. Don't be a dick. No, do the right. No, they did the right thing. This is Iran's supreme leader, and I told him. No, I'm talking about those. I'm talking about those guys, not the team. The The, the the leaders. Don't be a dick. Fucking um, Bentleys and shit. Uh, Rolls Royces. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so I watched a lot of World Cup, but then I also watched Criminal. I watched the UK Criminal. Okay. And I'm excited to go into that. So I watched the first season of this. 2019. It's on Netflix, but. David Tennant to the first one. So I was immediately hooked ah. and we were trying to think about what to watch. And we started the first episode and then we just watched three episodes in a row. And I just think it's really cool. It's basically the same set, but different angles and it opens up a little bit, but it's essentially an interrogation room huh. in London. And if you've, if you've seen the American ones like me and, and how fucked up the way we interrogate people is, or if you've seen your Irish movies, like um, in the name of the father and you see how fucked up the interrogation was in Ireland, this is it's pretty cool. The solicitors, aka the lawyers, um, don't do much. <laughs> yeah. They're not as useful I, I in England. The, they just like, kind of sit there and take notes yeah. and let their people just fucking yeah. say the wrong shit and, and incriminate themselves. In, in America, solicitors are a whole different thing. But yeah. America, the solicitor is so cocky and doesn't let the person talk. Yeah. And in this case, they talk to the solicitor. It's really anyway, I, I I thought it was cool. It was on Netflix, and so I watched those two things. Nothing new, of course, but um that'll change next week, I'm sure. Hmm. Cool. Dave, another good episode. Yep. Always good chatting with you. Anything before we go? Nope. All right, <laughs> people. We'll leave it at that. We'll catch you next time. We're talking about the, what's that? What's the, the violent Santa? Possibly the violent, violent night. Yeah, we're, I think I think we're gonna do that. Fuck it, violent I night. Really, I really, I really want week. to. Finally, we've got a Christmas movie that replaces Die Hard. I hope so. We'll see. Apparently, violent since night. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, apparently. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree movie. as well. But like, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Yes. Let's go.
All right, people, catch you next time, Phil fans.